BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everything that we do every day, we want to be a champion. Get your mind right and let's go. Do the little things. Win every day. It's a someplace they play so far. Everything with an attitude. Got a family. I don't give a shit who we're playing. Young and able to play against and make his ass play. That's our framework. That's our MO with the team. Richardson breaks free on the sideline. End zone. This is a mauling, folks. A mauling. Fear the tide, honey badger. I- Hello and welcome to another edition of the Alabama Football Podcast, powered by Bama Hammer. Tom, it's the college football semifinals. Alabama, Michigan State. What do you got? Man, first of all, we just got to say how lucky we are to be Alabama fans again. I know we say this on the show all the time, but man, fans just enjoy this run because uh, it was a very tough decade prior to uh, Coach Saban getting here. And um, I was glad to hear him say the other day, that, you know, y'all don't think about I'm a person. <laughs> y'all don't think about my family. And he, and he listed all his people that live in Birmingham now, including his mother. And, and he was like, you know, I hear these stories every year of where I'm going. But, uh, you know, I don't really see myself going anywhere. And I heard that and I was like, good job, Nick Saban's mother coming to Birmingham, Alabama, so he can be there another five or six years. <laughs> no, it's a good point, right? And 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 you reach a certain age, you know, if he were still in his 40s, he might still have, you know, other different aspirations or he may allow different thoughts to kind of creep in his head. But, you know, at his age and he has a, a grandchild and his and his mother and all of that is sort of, you know, nested into, you know, the the Tuscaloosa Birmingham area, it is it is quite the legacy of Malmore, right? Yes. Yes. Good job, Mal Moore. You're exactly correct. The, uh, it just, it was just good, man. It's just good to, it's just good to know that everybody made fun of the hire, uh, across the country. And, uh, and you're correct, man. I'm just happy for Mal Moore, uh, because, uh, it was a great move, but, but thinking about this game, man, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Um, I, I see a lot of parallels between 2010 and 2015. Uh, 2010 was a hungry team. Um, that was really pissed off as to uh, how things had gone in the prior game. And they came out with a chip on their shoulder. And I, and I think, David, I think it's very telling that there are, you know, guys on this team like a Derrick Henry who have not tasted the championship. And these kids are hungry because they haven't already been there. They don't have a ring on their finger, and they want it. And um, and I, I think that really is what, you know, sets this team apart from from the past two years. You know, it's a very squishy topic 
when you start when you start going down that path, and I've watched a number of sort of the national media and uh, you know ESPN podcasts, and you know I devour all of them, and so you know I've heard more than one person talk about, write about, comment about. You know, hey, well, how do you, how, what do you think about this Alabama team? They're more motivated. They're more, and they, they out of hand dismiss it. And my thought is, you know what? From your seat as a national commentator, I understand why you would dismiss it because it's hard to know what to do with it. But, you know, you and I sit at a different seat. We follow this team much more closely. We follow this team at a different level. And we can see where, you know, when this Alabama team is not motivated, you know, Utah and and Oklahoma, you know, then it's it's roundly dismissed, but we can see that. And with this team, I can see that they are motivated in a way that's different than last year. And uh, and there is some parallel to the 2010 team that they were kind of you know ticked off at, at what had happened and that they were going to make a statement in in the bowl season. And uh, you know, we've had again Oklahoma. We were not trying to make a statement in that bowl game. We were pissed off that we were in it and not doing bigger and better things. And so this team, I think, does have that little extra mustard that they that they're out to prove a point. And 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 it's kind of interesting because you won't get that from any of the national media media. But I understand why because it's a squishy thing. If we heard someone say that about their team, you know, Michigan State is a team of destiny because look at the things that happened on their team. I don't know their team. I don't know their roster enough to put a whole lot of substance to that. And so it's easy for us to sort of embrace what we know to be true about Alabama and maybe dismiss it for another team. I just think it's interesting. I do think this team is hungry in a way that we've not seen since, um, you know, 2012 maybe. Well, absolutely, man. You got guys. You got guys. Um, you got got you got guys on this team that are are juniors who they have a bad taste in their mouth because what happened their freshman and sophomore years is not what they were coming to at the university of Alabama. And, you know, teams of old, the teams from the prior two years, you know, were they hungry? Probably to some degree, but they had a ring on their finger. And I think it's key that there are guys like Henry on this team who say, this is the last piece. And this is the last page in the chapter. We, we have not gotten this and we're going to get it. And I love how Saban said he didn't like the preparation going into the Ohio State game last year. And he said that in the last two years that this team wants it differently. And um, you know, when when the when the when the when the uh when the semifinal uh matchups got announced, okay, I just think it is huge for Alabama. This takes nothing against the other three teams. This is for Alabama because we're fans of Alabama is for us to get the matchup against Michigan State in the semifinal was huge, in my opinion. If we would have had to play the the Oklahoma – if we'd have had to play Oklahoma first and then play the winner of the other game and potentially go against two quarterbacks, the style of Oklahoma and Clemson back-to-back, that would have been a tougher road to hoe. Take nothing away from Michigan State. They've had a great season. But you and I both know that we match up better – against Michigan State than we do the other two teams. And um, that's what we're about to talk about. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. I mean, I you know, we're Alabama. We'll face anybody that you want to put in front of us. And, uh, and, and I like our odds. But at the same time, if you're going to let me choose of the of other three teams, which we get to face, I, you know, no disrespect to Michigan State, but they're the one I would have chosen. 
Absolutely. Well, let's kick it off, man. I, I know I know we want to start talking about offense versus defense situationally. So so start us off. Yeah, when Alabama has the ball, and so you know, we'll spend a few minutes talking about the Alabama offense kind of versus the Michigan State defense, and and we'll kind of flip it, have a little bit of structure in, in what we're talking about. And 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 Tom, I you know, I have some I have two conflicting points, and so kind of help me unpack this, right? You made a very interesting comment when we broke down the SEC championship game uh, talking about Florida and you said you know I wish we could have played these guys full strength because they didn't have their quarterback and they were a stout defense and and so on the one hand I look at Michigan State and all the pub that they're getting for their stout defense and all the pub that they're getting for Connor Cook their quarterback and and I think this is what this team is this is Florida with with their quarterback but then, you know, when I think about let's break down a little bit deeper, the Alabama offense attacking the Michigan State defense, what do I think about that? I wonder if their defense isn't being a little bit oversold. And here's why I say that. Their total defense is ranked 46 nationally. That's not a high ranking. That's 46 nationally. Tom, that is behind – Wisconsin, Florida, Georgia, LSU, Texas A&M, and Tennessee, teams that we averaged scoring 32 points against. They're ranked behind all of these teams. What do you make of that? Man, that, that's a great point. Um, you know, this is a team I think that ha- has has been able to put other teams in passing situations. And so, you know, we, we talked about the the rushing yards, and they're, they're ranked seventh nationally on those stats against the run. But you and I went back and, and, and looked at different games that they played in, and teams only carried the ball 10 or 11 times. And teams, and teams got behind, and teams were forced to pass the ball. And so, so they were kind of in shootout situations. And so, you know, it's, it's not fair to – you know, you can't really compare how they do against a run if teams are only running the ball 11 times against them in a, in a ball game. Yeah, so, and, 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 but, and, and, and you're spot on, right? Because their pass defense – is ranked 92 in the country. Their pass defense is behind everyone on our schedule except for Ole Miss and Arkansas, and they actually allowed 60% uh, their opponents 60% passing. And so, if you're you know you think your game plan might be to pass and eschew the run, which sort of artificially inflates the run defense stats. I I think there's a little bit to that. No, absolutely, man. You, you and you and you look at and 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 you know as we broke down their roster, this is a a a team that is junior and senior senior laden team. They they do have a lot of you know experience guys who have been in their program for for many years. Um, it just you know when we have the ball offensively, though, I think that you know I, I just don't think they're going to be able. Um, I don't think they're going to be able to shut down our run to the point about what you just said with their with their stats as a as a team defense, and I don't think they're going to have the depth that they can sit there and shuffle the players, um, you know that that we do defensively. And so when you look at these starters and the and the guys that are getting pub, you know I, I think when you look at somebody like their nose tackle who is a sophomore who's two hundred and seventy five pounds, I'm sure he's a hell of a player, um, but. You know he's beat out a uh, fourth. You know he's beat out a fourth-year redshirt senior um, for, for to be the starter, 
And so, you know, when he has to take a breather because he's exhausted and, and Damon Knox has to come in the game and you go from one 270 pounder at nose tackle to a 276 pound backup, you know, I just, I, I just think we're going to wear them down, man. I, I just think that, you know, there's going to be a lot of electricity. There's going to be a lot of emotion. You know, they're, they're going to come out fired up as we're going to come out. Um, but as long as we stick to our game plan and, and do the run first and, 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 you know, have Lane Kiffin, you know, stick with what's gotten us here as of late. Um, I, I think that uh, we're, we're going to wear them down. You know, and, and to that point, and, you know, I've, I've got all these stats right, but you know their defense is ranked number fifteen in the country, and so that's a respectable number. Fifteen certainly is, I, but but that itself is behind Arkansas, LSU, and Wisconsin. And Tommy, those are three defenses that we that we averaged rushing two hundred and seven yards against. You know, Michigan State averages allowing one hundred and thirteen, and so our average rushing offense against the three teams that have a higher ranked rush defense than does Michigan State. We average 94 yards more than Michigan State gives away. And so I think that I man, how do I say this because I do respect this opponent, but is there a little bit of smorgasbord that our coaching staff looks at and says, "Well, it looks like we can run and pass against them." Yeah, it does, man. I mean, this is, you know, we this, as we said a minute ago, this is a team that we just match up very well against. And, um, you know, congratulations on Michigan State for getting this far. Um, but, you know, as long as we stick with our game plan and as long as we use the run to set up the pass, um, and the, the biggest the, – here's what I'll say. In this football game, okay, when you look at their base defense, by the way, their base defense is a nickel. So, interestingly enough that you made your comment about, you know, how they do against the pass, their base formation, okay – is a is a four down lineman two DB, excuse me five DBs two linebacker set, and those two linebackers are two hundred and thirty pounds. And I bring that up real quick because they're not Reggie Ragland and Robert Foster, okay. Right. And and I'm sure they're great players, um, but you've got two linebackers in the middle of their defense who are two hundred and thirty pounds who are backing up their starting nose tackle who's two hundred and seventy pounds, okay. And so we should be able to line up and just run right at them until they say uncle. And as soon as, and as soon as they, and, and I'm sorry, this is going to be a situation where they're going to put seven guys or eight guys in the box to try to stop the run. And they're still not going to be able to stop the run. So, and, and, and so you may have just answered this question, but what's our game plan? Is it, is it going to be, you know, feed the ball to Henry, you know, 30, 40 times? Or what, what, how, how do you see the, the game plan sort of play out, the Alabama offensive game plan play out in this game? You know, I, I think that we have seen a pattern in the past few weeks um, that we are going to, that we are going to ride Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry won the Heisman Trophy. Derrick Henry deserved the Heisman Trophy. The award is for the player who is the most valuable player on his team. Sure. And you and I both know that they would not be where they are right this second. And Okay, in my opinion, without what Derrick Henry has shouldered and the load he has shouldered for this team. And he's a special player, man. I mean, obviously our, our fans know this, but but you know his first carry now looks like his 41st carry. He doesn't look tired. He doesn't tap his helmet to come out. 
He's like the energizer freaking bunny, and he never stops. And so if this team is smart, they, we're going we're gonna to cringe because we're going to see the 34th carry, the 35th carry, the 36th carry, and you're not going to be like, why in the crap are you doing this? Well, because he's had three weeks rest, and he can. And so I, I, I think we see more of what we've seen in the past month. Yeah, I think, you know, unless it's a close – unless it's a, a close – well, I guess maybe that's a dumb comment. I was going to say, unless it's a close game, I don't think he gets that many carries. And, and I guess maybe that's a convoluted way of saying I don't think he gets that many carries. I think that – but part of that's game plan. Part of that's going to be design. Part of it's going to be not so much that he's on a pitch count, like a hard pitch count, but we're going to be monitoring that because we do have a, you know – you know, the, obviously the objective is to win this game. You do whatever it takes. But but then you want to be, you know, prepared and ready for, uh, you know, the second game as well. I think that we're going to come out and everyone's going to be expecting the run. I wouldn't be surprised if we play action on the first game from – on the first play from scrimmage. You know, typically we've uh, we've either done a dive uh, on our first play from scrimmage or we've done, you know, like a little wide receiver screen or something or a jet sweep or something to kind of stretch – the uh, you know let the defense know that we're going to attack the edges as well. I wouldn't be surprised if we play action down the field from the first play of scrimmage, and and I say that because I think that we're going to be more aggressive in the passing game. I think this I think their pass defense, like I said, they're ranked number ninety two in the country. They're behind everyone that we've played except for uh, except for just a couple of teams. Um, I think that I'm not saying that we we put the game solely in Jake's shoulders, but I think we give Jake an opportunity to really prove that that he can lead and he can win, uh, you know, help this team win a national title. And I, I think we see him play a little bit more, uh, and I think he plays a little bit better than what we've seen. You know, we've kind of you and I kind of kid that there's the Tommy stat line that's you know 18 for 24 for you know a buck 50 and and a touchdown. I wouldn't be surprised if. You know, I don't. I, I'm not going to say 300 yards, but I wouldn't be surprised if he passes for you know 250 and and has two or three touchdowns. I really wouldn't be surprised. I, I think that we're going to be more aggressive uh, attacking them, get them off balance. I think we're going to uh, flex out some tight ends. Uh, I do think we do some tight end and wide receiver screens to soften up the box, and then I think we run more people than Henry. And the whole idea of you know let's give a big back like Scarborough some runs in the second and third quarter. So Henry's fresh in the fourth and and is looking at approaching 30 carries instead of approaching 40. I think I think I think those are the types of things that we're going to do in in this game offensively. I think we're going to appear to be more aggressive uh with uh, with our game planning. Well, I think there's something to be said to Scarborough having, you know, these additional weeks of preparation time. Uh there is something to be said of, you know, him being seen running, you know, number two in some of these drills versus number three. Um, and so what we were what we were hoping for in Atlanta, we did not get. And uh, hopefully, you know, with an extra time of preparation, maybe that's what we do see, right? Maybe we do finally see uh, somebody giving him some, some, uh, some, you know, a lighter workload uh, here at the end. Um, but I, I think what I was going to say a minute ago is, is, in this game against this opponent, and this takes nothing away from Michigan State, um, our biggest, um, our biggest, our biggest uh, opponent, our biggest obstacle in this game is ourself. Um, you know, it it, 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 this game is going to go. You know, we, we, we have to make sure that we don't get cute. 
we have to make sure that we don't outthink ourselves. We don't, we have to make sure that we don't over scheme. And so I, I guess for this game, if Lane Kiffin was listening, which of course he will not, um, I hope Lane Kiffin just doesn't try to do something different. Just go with what got you here. I guess that's what I want to say. If, if Michigan State was looking for the run on the first play of scrimmage and we do a dive up the middle, I think we still run for five or six yards. That's a better way to say it. This team, Michigan State, is not going to be able to stop what we do as long as we do it. If we get cute and we do too much screens to the sideline, third and 10, we throw it in the, you know, throw it out of the flats. If if we have turnovers, okay, because we get cute with the ball, the the only the only opponent, the only part, the only team that's going to beat us in this ball game is Alabama Crimson Tide. That's it. You know, turnovers is definitely something we need to watch out for. That's that can that can that can give life uh, to an opponent. We've talked about in the in the Florida game where you know they did get one one turnover. There are two other opportunities, and so if those if if they had gotten those turnovers and they had a quarterback that could play, that game could have gone completely a different different direction. <clears throat> and Michigan State could do that uh, if if we turn the ball over. They've got the quarterback. They can they can. You know, I'm not saying that that they can't beat us. I'm just, I, I, I think that um, their defense does not, in my estimation, live up to the hype. You know, everyone's, you know, the vaunted Michigan State defense. I don't see it. Um, I, I just don't see it. The numbers don't bear it out. Uh, the stats don't bear it out. And uh, and so I think if if we if we don't, and and again, this is one of those dumb cliches. Sometimes sometimes football is as simple as it is. If we go out there and don't turn the ball over. I don't think it's a game, and uh, and so you know that's just another way of underscoring, you know what you said. Who who are you watching out for? And I'll open this up to uh, uh, Spartan defenders and Alabama offensive players. Who are you watching for? I know there's kind of the headline guys, but who are you watching for on this game to sort of step out and be someone that 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 uh, is going to perform well? Sorry to say, who would I like? to be or who do I expect to actually be you answer that how you want <laughs> well I'd like to see OJ Howard uh do what we've been asking for you know for weeks and 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 you know season plus now um because I'd love to see OJ Howard uh match up against their two inside linebackers that are 230 pounds and I think you know it's kind of like a basketball player playing above the rim uh, I think that O.J. Howard could could eat up their two inside linebackers. So I'd love to see that. But, you know, for whatever reason, we're not going to see that um, because, you know, I'm going to say we're not going to see it. So when we do, I can say it's all because of me um, because we've been asking for that forever. Um, I, I think in this ball game, from a matchup standpoint, I, I do see, um, you know, I, I think the player that I think that we might see more from this, uh, this game, uh, I think is going to be Richard Mullaney. I, I think that we will pass the ball more than I like. Um, I hope he doesn't attempt more than, you know, 25, 30 passes. But I think that Richard Mullaney, kind of like he did earlier in the season, I think Richard Mullaney is going to finish the stat line with, you know, eight catches on the day. And um, and because because I think they're going to give all their attention to Calvin Ridley. And I, yeah. I think that they're gonna they're gonna really try to blanket Calvin Ridley because they know they rank 92 with the country against the pass. And um, I think it's going to open things up for uh, for Mulaney because he's going to be the forgotten about guy. 
No, I hear you, right? And and it's and it's one of those things, right? You know, I, I've said what I've got to say about Coker, you know, Derrick Henry, you know, Ridley. Of course, those are the headline guys. And so, you know, who who's sort of that next layer of guys? You know, it's interesting you mentioned O.J. Howard because I have him down noted as well. And, and even my note, right? And so I don't like to read my notes. But here's the note I have. I'm a little bullish here, uh, but he may not, you know, the Michigan State defense may not fully account for him. He'll probably draw linebackers out in coverage. And so I see him playing a role, even if that doesn't equal five or six catches. I play. I see him playing a significant role in what we try to do and in, in sort of the design of plays. And so I'm still very bullish on O.J. Howard. And, you know, if he catches a little slant and goes, you know, 70 yards like he did against, you know, LSU a couple years ago, I I will be the least surprised person, you know, watching the game because he has the athletic ability. And I think the matchup for this game, plus it's doing something that isn't in the first five things that they're going to, you know, sort of scheme against. Uh, and so we can go to it as easy as we can go to anything else but it's not in the first three or four or five things that they're going to scheme against. And so I think the potential for it to be open all day is, is right there. Uh, we've said that before, so we'll see how that, that kind of plays out. You know, I, I'm with you on Mulaney. I think our Darius Stewart uh, has really started to come on. Uh, he missed the college uh, playoffs last year due to injury. I think, I, you know, I think we may see something from him. I think Drake is going to be um, – you know, back to back to fuller form, and I think he's going to be really ready to kind of show out and do something in this game. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if if Scarborough, and again, I'm being bullish on this kid too, but I wouldn't be surprised if he gets ten or twelve carries kind of through the the course of the game, carries that would otherwise go to Henry, and they're just going to be sprinkled out. And um, you know, it's not going to like he's not going to own a drive or own a possession or two. But I think when we get to the end of the game. And, you know, you know, Bo is sitting there at 12 carries and Henry's sitting there at 28 and say, well, you know what, that probably would have been 38 uh, for Henry uh, under other other circumstances. And so that's kind of what I look out there. You know, I think I think Michigan State has some defenders. Obviously, we need to watch out for their defensive front is stout. I don't think they're deep. Uh, They've got a defensive end, you know, 10 and a half sacks uh, as a player to watch out for. And uh, and then they've got a cornerback that's pretty good. And then. And, and look, let me just be, you know, an asterisk for a minute. Their cornerback is a first-year starter as a redshirt senior. That, I mean, I mean I'm glad, it, you know, good for him. He's having success. But doesn't that just kind of make you scratch your head that a first-year starter is a redshirt senior? No, I mean, it, just, it, it, speaks, to, it speaks to the matchup, and it speaks to the team that we're playing. You're right, man. I mean, um, when you are – when you are the leader of the secondary, right, and you are a redshirt senior, um, you know this is your first year, right? You and 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 good for you that you have that you have become a starter. Um, but this is just a good matchup for Alabama. And an, another 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 name that I want to mention real quick besides Mulaney, um, which he really he really hasn't done anything since the Charleston Southern game, is with all of the attention. If we if we open the ball if we open it up like you were talking about and and they're and they're and they're trying to cover a Calvin Ridley and our Darius Stewart um, and an OJ Howard and, and a Kenyon Drake um, a name that might make a big play in this game is Cam Sims yeah and uh, a Cam Sims is a guy that is not in their film 
Okay. Cam Sims is a guy that is not going to be on their, you know, nobody's going to be wearing Cam Sims jersey in walkthroughs and in all the preparation they've been doing. So, so he's a guy that could, you know, th- this is where it would be a little fun is if, uh, if Alabama would set it up on a play uh, for Cam Sims to do what Calvin Ridley is currently doing for this team um, just because they can. Right? right, it's like having too much candy in the candy store, and 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 Cam Sims um, would be would be that guy if it's not OJ Howard, who I think could uh, could have a big play in this game if if he's given the opportunity. Absolutely. Well, hey, let's uh, let's flip the field a little bit and let's talk about Alabama defense against the uh, Michigan State offense. And so I I wonder I'm gonna throw this out here. Uh, Michigan State runs a pro style offense a la Wisconsin, Georgia, LSU, is that really all we need to mention? Yeah, man, we can just go ahead and go to special teams and do our score prediction. As soon as as I saw, you know, that they, you know, they have a fullback in their starting 11, uh, that's all I needed to see. No, man, I mean, they're they're not a two-tight end formation. They are a three-wide. Um, you know, their, their number one receiver's got 80 catches on the year, so obviously they have a go-to guy. Um, but they've got three receivers on this team that have, you know, that have that have that have made plays for them on the season. I mean, they've got they've got three players with I think over you know 35, 40 catches um, because obviously they've you know they've got a quarterback who pitches a ball around. But this goes back to the matchup of you know I'm glad this is our semifinal matchup because once again, not being disrespectful for this team. You and I both know we play very well against a drop-back quarterback. And so as soon as I found out that we were not going to have to play against a running quarterback in the semifinal game to get to the next game, I had a big smile on my face. We match up very well against a stationary quarterback who has nowhere to go. And we match up much better now than we did years ago, dude. When Saban first got here, we weren't able to put pressure on the quarterback. Now we're able to put pressure on the quarterback with 12 different people. Right. It's kind of like Michael Wayne said for Florida, which was hilarious. He called them our front 30. Yep. Right. That, that's all you need to say, man. Front 30 against a stationary quarterback. We talked about it against the Florida game. We talked about, you know, Tim Howard on one play and, 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 and Ryan Anderson on the next play. And it's like we're just going to bring them in waves and it's going to be a long day. Yeah, I agree, right? I, you know, their three leading rushers uh, combined uh, have less, you know, than Henry. I think their leading rusher has about 600 yards, and so they're going to run the ball. But, uh, you know, they don't have a bell cow back. And so, um, you know, I, I think that that's something that we can gear up for. I think that's something that we can stop with five guys, and we've talked about that, uh, you know, against uh, – against. I, I guess it was against Auburn. We talked about, you know, playing a dime on top uh, on top of – you know, a five-man front, which was slop, uh, stopping the run. I think that that's something that we're going to see. I'm jumping the game planning, right? I think I would love to see us do that. I don't know if we do because it's almost like, and we talked about it then, you know, it's almost like this is a defense that you invent in a lab and you don't know if it's really going to work in the real world. But if we can stop their run against five guys, uh, against a five-man front, and we can play a dime on top of that, I don't know that they know what to do with the ball. Then we can take that dime uh, the dime and swap him out from t- for Tim Williams and then just really get after him. I just think that I think if if we and we you and I need to name this defense right, but it's you know it's a it's a three two five with 
a dime rabbit lever, <laughs> you know, is almost what it is. And I think, man, why, who, who is, who, you know, can Kirby Smart say, you know what, this is what I'm doing on my way out. I'm going to run a three, five, I'm going to run a three, two, five with a dime rabbit lever. And I'm going to, I'm going to reinvent how we're, how we're going to do this defensive scheme. No, man, you, you and I saw this at the, we, you and I saw this whenever we played West Virginia and we didn't have any linebacker depth and new starters, Reggie Ragland and Reuben Foster were on the field and they played the whole game. Okay. And, and they were brand new starters and we couldn't get to the quarterback. Right. And, and basically they were, you know, they were out there on the field a long time. And these two guys have, have really, really made huge improvements in how they play the game, playing faster, knowing where they're supposed to be. And so you and I saw it a couple weeks ago. I think we're going to see Ashawn Robinson and we're going to see Jaron Reed on the outsides because they are nimble guys who can rush the quarterback and, and, pl- you know, and plug the run. And we're going to see Reggie Raglan and Reuben Foster in the middle behind whoever is in between Ashawn and Jaron. And we're going to say, you know, come on, Michigan State, get ready to pitch the ball around against our six cornerbacks. And um, and you're right, their their freshman running back is not going to be able to run against that front five, and it's going to be a lot of three and outs for Michigan State. And I think they're going to, and I think we're going to have some turnovers. And um, I, I think that they're going to go into the locker room at halftime and they're going to say, well, what can we do differently? And the coaches are going to scratch their head and say, well, we can't do shit. And I there's think, nothing else we can do. Yeah. You know, I think that – and it's interesting, right, because we talked about Michigan State's defense and we kind of – you know, all the media and then we kind of gave our impression on that. And so on Mich- Michigan's offense, it's Connor Cook and, you know, top flight, you know, quarterback and, and all of that. Their run-pass split is 60-40. They only pass the ball 40% of, of the time on, on the season. Uh, and so you think, what you know, is their game plan going to be to come out and, and sort of reverse that and pass the ball 60 times? And then we'd line up in a dime the, the full game and, and we can get after them? I, I don't know. Is that going to be their, their game plan? I, you know, they have a couple of good offensive linemen. Uh, you know, they're an upperclassman sort of laden team. Um, you know, I, I don't know, Tommy. And, you know, I know they're ranked fourth nationally in third down conversions. And that's, that's the best sort of staff that I was able to, able to find for them. And I just wonder what, what are they going to do? And they've got, you know, they've got, you know, some wide receivers and, and, you know, they've got it, they've got a tight end, um, Where did I note this? Uh, they've got a tight end with like, yeah, uh, Josiah Price. He's got 19 catches, which is fourth on their team, six touchdowns. I think he's a watch item. I think they may try to line him up against our our tight ends, but I don't, you know. But that can't be your game plan. And so I think they try to run the ball. I think they try to run the ball, you know, as much as they do, 60 percent, you know, 50, 60 percent of the time. Um, and I think they try to use that to to get us to crowd the box so that they can attack downfield with with Burbridge, and I see them having some success at that. I just don't see them being able to build a full game plan around it. 
No, I mean, th this is a team that is going to be put in, in, you know, as long as we do what we need to do when we have the ball, um, I think there's going to be turnovers in this game early um, that, that I think they're going to, we're going to, we're going to force them to turn the ball over. Uh, we're going to put them in catch up mode as they have done with other teams. We are going to force them to go to a, you know, we're going to force them to, to see Connor drop back uh, 40 plus times in this ball game. And I don't think Connor uh, is going to be able to hold up uh, to to dropping back to pass that many times. It's kind of like we said with with Jay Coker, right? I mean, we we have redefined our passing game, and we don't have a lot of five step drops. And the reason we don't is because you know we know our tackles, you know, don't necessarily play the pass as well as they do run blocking. Well, you know, to your point. Um, they have a great quarterback who's had a really good season, but I don't think they're going to be able to drop back against our pass defense 40 times in a ball game. But they're going to be forced to have to do it. Um, I just don't think it's going to match up well for them. Yeah, you know, and, and I'll be a little bit careful saying this about their coaching staff, <clears throat> but I could see their players being very confident that, um, you know, very confident in their quarterback, and they should be, and very confident in their def in their offensive line, and they should have some confidence there. And so, I you know, I see their players thinking that they can come out and throw the ball forty times, and and put up forty points. I see them, you know, sort of thinking that, and I wonder how they adjust that thinking early in the game when they realize. When, when there's a realization that we can get after them even even with their line. And you mentioned if they're going to throw the ball 40 times, you know, Connor Cook's been a little dinged up. Um, I wonder if he walks off the field in the fourth quarter, win, lose, or draw, uh, if, he's, if he's asked to pass the ball 40 times. I don't know that he plays the end of the game. Yeah, I, 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 I agree. I, I I think that I think we might see uh I, I think we might see their their I think we might see their backup in this game. I'll I'll just say it that way. I, I think we I think um I think Tyler O'Connor uh needs to stay warmed up on the sideline. Yeah, you know, I think our game plan is is gonna be pretty pretty standard stuff. I think we're gonna play uh a lot of nickel. Uh I think we're gonna play them sort of straight, uh relative to how we've been playing defense all season. You know, this is a drop-back passer in a pro-style offense. It's it's the formula, right? I mean, we I mean, we went to great lengths talking about Wisconsin being the perfect opponent for us to start the season because they're a highly ranked team, they're a highly respected team, and what they do just falls right flat in the middle of the funnel of what we want an offense to try to do against us. And and we saw how that plays out. And I think that, and you know. Michigan State didn't play Wisconsin, and so, you know, which do I think is better? You know, that's maybe a different discussion. But I think they do what – and, you know, I'll give Michigan State the advantage in the quarterback uh, situation. And so anytime you got a good quarterback, you got a puncher's chance. But I think our secondary is miles improved versus, you know, where we were at the beginning of the season where we've got freshmen – and uh, and 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 quite the number of players, you know, a true freshman in Minka, a retro freshman in Marlin. Uh, we've got uh, two safeties playing, you know, out of position or in new positions. Uh, I think our secondary is so much more improved where, versus where it was at the beginning of the season. I look for us to play a lot of nickel and a lot of dime because we've got, you know, Ronnie now stepping up as as the dime back, 
and uh, he's he's been practicing at that position a lot. And so, you know, you've got more of a true strong safety that can that can walk up to the box. Man, we may just play straight dime all day. I agree. Um, you know, Ronnie Harrison has has definitely come on, as have these other young guys. Um, these guys are no longer freshmen, and um, I, I do think that in the last couple of weeks we've gotten even more comfortable with the dime uh, than the nickel, and it's only because of how well those five guys have played up front. And I think we've only gotten comfortable because of Reggie Raglan and Reuben Foster and their versatility and their ability to cover – their ability to be out there on third down. That's a better way to say it, is that these two linebackers – were were not able to be on the field on third down without there being issues, okay? I'm not calling them liabilities. They're good players. They've had a good season. But these guys, as these young guys have matured in the back, they've also they've also just really stepped up their game and being able to be on their be on the field on third downs. And that's what I can't stress enough is Reggie Raglan and Reuben Foster are 240 and 250 pound guys who can be on the field on third down and, and there be no letdown. And that's a nightmare for, for uh, Connor cook. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, this defense, I, I so enjoy this defense because it plays off of one another. And so the defensive front obviously gets the headlines and I understand that, but the defensive front, is allowed to be so good because the secondary plays well. And the secondary plays well because the defensive front uh, plays so well. And so, you know, it's a little bit of one is good because of the other. And, you know, there's a little bit of chicken and egg. And everyone's going to say it's the defensive front. And, look, I, I would probably, you know, agree. But I am so bullish on this secondary, and I have been from day one. And I think this secondary brings a lot to the table, and they don't get sort of the pub that the defensive front does. And, um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if, if, if they make, if they make hay um, against this Michigan state team, because look at the last sort of in, and I know that Texas A&M isn't known as sort of a drop back passing team, but, you know, (laughs) now they're, you know, minus two quarterbacks, but, you know, they came out with, with the, um, you know, with the Allen kid who is more of a drop back, and, you know, we pick them off all day long. So, I don't know. I, I can see our secondary potentially – I mean, this is going way out there, but our our secondary could have that kind of day. Oh, we're going to jump We're gonna jump some routes, dude. We're, we're going to jump some routes. This is not going to – we're not going to return as, as many for touchdowns, but but we are going to jump some routes in the flats. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. There, there's going to be some times where Connor is going gonna, is gonna, is gonna to put the ball out there and he's going to say, "How did that guy? How did that guy get in front of that ball?" Yeah, where did he come from? Yeah, um, you know, who do you see kind of stepping out and playing well? And if you want to say that our defense or their offense, you know, who who do you think? Man, as 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 far as as far as on our defense, man, because I, I just don't, I'm I'm just not concerned about the about what they're going to bring offensively, as as we've discussed. You know, I I think defensively, um, I think we're going to see. Um, we're going to see many guys play well here. I mean, if you're if you're looking for guys that that maybe are off the radar, um, I think someone like a Rashawn Evans could step up and have two sacks in the game and and get some run here, um, and 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 kind of flash the way the way Tim has been flashing. Um, you know, I, I think that 
we're, we're not going to see much of Sean Dion Hamilton because they're going to be forced to run the ball. I mean, throw the ball pretty quickly. Um, you know, I, I, I think from a secondary standpoint, if I, if I had to key on a guy who I think is going to make some plays, it's going to be Marlon Humphrey because they're going to stay away from Cyrus Jones. And, um, I think Marlon Humphrey is going to, is Marlon Humphrey and Minka Fitzpatrick are not, they're headline guys, but they're the guys that are going to get your turnovers because they're the guys that I think they're going to try to pick on because they're going to stay away from Eddie Jackson and they're going to stay away from Cyrus Jones. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. You know, I give, you know, Connor's going to make his plays. You know, we've been talking to suggest otherwise he's going to make his plays. Burbridge is going to make, you know, a couple of plays. That's those, those things are going to happen. I think they're going to try to go after, you know, our linebackers with Josiah Price. And so he's going to make a couple of plays. I think we'll make some adjustments. And so I look for all of that maybe in the first half, uh, maybe the first quarter. We're going to make some adjustments, and what's there early won't be there late. Uh, and I think that's going to be, you know, a number of our guys stepping up. You know, Cyrus against Burbridge I think is going to be – that's going to be a must-watch matchup. I think you just got to – you know, you could you can, you can tell how the game's going by how that matchup is going. Uh, I, so I think that's something to watch. You know, Gino, Gino is quietly our third leading tackler. And so I see him somewhere along the way making a big play. Uh, you know, Eddie hasn't made a splash play in a while. Uh, I think I think he steps up. Tim Williams, I'm surprised you didn't call him out. I think that, you know, that he makes a big play. And I know he's getting up there, you know, you know, you know, eight or nine sacks, whatever it is, an incredible number given, you know, his, his playing time. But I'll tell you that so, – the, sort of the quiet player to, to watch is going to be one of your favorites, Jaron Reed uh, and maybe Darren Payne. Because I think if we can clog their inside and we truly can stop their run with five guys, I think it's game over. And if we can identify that early in the game that, hey, we're playing a dime and we're stopping their run with five guys, I think I think whatever – even if the game – you know, when we talked about this, the Auburn game and the Florida game – we're, we're not as close as the score indicated. Well, this is going to be one of those games where, okay, we've got two of those under our belt. We get to kind of – let's just have fun. And if we watch this game and we see that we can, in, in the first – you know, um, their first couple of possessions, that we can stop their run with five guys, then just sit back and enjoy the show. That's what and, – and so, you know, I you know Darren Reed and, and a Jaron Payne, those kind of guys – it may just be a fun day of just celebrating the strength of this defense. Oh, absolutely, man. We, we, we talked about the Florida game where we had the three guys sacking the quarterback at one time. Um, we, we might, we might see some more combo. The, the, the guy who might have the toughest time in this game is the stat keeper to decide, well, do I give him a third of a credit, a half a credit? How much credit do I give him on that sack? And and getting his binoculars out to to read the back of the jerseys. Right, right. Who? How do you credit the the sacks and the tackles? Interesting, interesting. Um, so so what do you got? You know, do you have? A, let's talk special teams for a minute. And I don't know that there's a whole lot to say on special teams, but what do you? Yeah, have, I got a couple of things, man. I got a couple of things I want to throw out here. I think it's very telling that their field goal kicker is twelve of nineteen for the year. I think it's important that his long field goal of the year is 47 yards. He tied his his season long against Iowa with a 47-yarder. Um, he's had 19 attempts on the year. I think it's important that seven of those attempts 
came against Iowa. He attempted seven field goals in that game, two from 52 yards, which he missed. And so in the game against Iowa, it was the first time all season that he had attempted a field goal longer than 47 yards. And he missed both from 52 yards. And so he made a 23, a 29, a 24-yarder, a 43-yarder, and a 47-yarder. So he got a ton of work in that game, right? Seven of your 19 attempts on the season came in your last game a few weeks ago. So the fact that – and also he's had two field goals blocked on the season. So that's also very interesting to me um, that of his 19 attempts, two of those have been blocked. And so so that that really speaks well for us with how well we have been doing as far as the field goal department and the confidence that that we have in that area that um, I think Iowa's – excuse me, I think Michigan State's going to have to take more chances – um, they're they're going to have to take shots and go for it on fourth downs, which is not going to bode well for them um, because they're not going to be able to to just get points on the board with their field goal kicker. No, that's interesting. And, and you know, I saw a stat where <clears throat> their punt coverage, their punt return, and their field goals all rank in the bottom 20% of, uh, you know, D1 football. And that starts to really, you know, Cyrus could have a day. Uh, that puts them, you know, sort of risking, you know, third and longs and, and, and fourth down conversions, uh, maybe having to try to be a little more aggressive when they get in sort of that gray zone uh, where it's too long of a kick to feel really good about. Yes. It, it also kind of and, – and especially the field goal, str- tr- struggles at the field goal kick is another sort of thing that reminds me of, uh, you know, of Florida uh, a little bit. Again, I don't think their defense is as deep and, and stout as, as Florida's, but, you know, there's there's some parallels there. I think Cyrus may get a shot at at a return. Uh, you know, if we don't have any block in the backs and, and crap like that. Um, and I think I think Adam and JK just need to do what they do. Um, you know, it's kind of ironic JK going back to Dallas. Hopefully, he'll have you know a better day than he did against Wisconsin. And Adam too. You know, he struggled in Dallas. And so you know, it's one of those things. Isn't it interesting that they get to go back to the stadium where they both came out of the gates sluggish? And, you know, do they do they kind of go back to that form or do they have, you know, a good day, which is what they've been doing kind of the last part of the season here. Uh, If they just come back and and play sort of their average standard self, then I think I think that puts us in position to out special teams, uh, the Spartans. Well, this is a game where Michigan State needs turnovers and they need to keep the game close. And the fact that they cannot count on their kicker. I'm sorry, you've had 19 attempts on the year and seven came a few weeks ago, okay? The the fact – that just puts more pressure on that quarterback, right? It puts more pressure on that quarterback than he already has, knowing this guy can't do this from, from over 47 yards. And – go ahead. I, no, I was just going to say, how much of an SEC homer do I, do I sound like when I say, damn, they, they were in position to have to attempt seven field goals against Iowa? Man, you're exactly correct, dude. Man, I, I was shocked when I saw that. They they attempted seven field goals. There there were numerous games um, where he only attempted one or two in the game, okay, which speaks to what they were able to do successfully on offense. So this is not a game that these players are ready for, okay? And so, you know, th- this is a different game than, than they're used to playing. 
The other thing I wanted to point out very quickly, which I had to go back and do a double take, is their backup quarterback has attempted five punts on the year. So out of their 53 punts, five have come from their backup. So I'm just going to tell you that I think we see a situation in this game where they try to do some gimmick with their backup quarterback. And, and I see Michigan State uh, trying to do some trick, go for it on fourth down plays because they have nothing else to lose. Yeah. No, I hear you. I think that's interesting. Um, you know, the only the, you know the only kind of thing I'll throw out there before before we move to to um, uh, predictions and and with this team and this is like a segment that we'd never do um, and and but this team it's almost like a black art. Um, there's a there's an X factor with this team that is easy to dismiss, but I want to be careful in dismissing it. Their two biggest games. Uh, and really, if you look at their three biggest games that they play, their two biggest opponents, Ohio State and Michigan, are. I thought they would lose both of those games. They won both of those games having led zero seconds on the clock. And there's something just preordained about that. Uh, and then to take the lead and to win the game against Iowa with 20 seconds, with 27 seconds left on the clock, they scored a touchdown to complete a 22-play drive. And with only a little bit of hyperbole, it's almost mathematically impossible to have a 22-play drive, right? I mean, there's not that many sort of yards on the field. And obviously I know that there is, but, I mean, there's a point there too. And so you think those three games, they led those games all of 27 seconds, and they won all three of them. And you think – this team has some preordained to them, or they are flat run out of luck. And I don't know which it is, but there's, you know, for all of the for all of the talk around on paper, we beat this team. And I agree with that. You know, it's still a game we've got to play. And there's some voodoo I think this team has that we need to be very careful of. I'll say this: the Saban runs strong in this one, right? Uh D'Antonio coached under Saban. Uh, the Saban runs strong in D'Antonio. And for that reason, I'm going to predict even a closer game than all of my bluster up until this point would suggest. I'm going to go like 27 to 14, 24 to 14. I think it's a 10-point game, but I think it's a, it's a lower scoring 10-point game. Wow. Well, man, the, the, their, their freshman running back, he had 22 carries against Iowa on December the 5th, three weeks ago today. And that was his that was his high of, of of the year, and so he's not used to carrying a load. Twenty two carries was a lot for him. Okay, and and this is also a team that when they played Ohio State at Ohio State, their game plan was to run the ball. Okay, they had a team high for the season fifty one carries against Ohio State. So that tells you Ohio State was just not able to stop the run, and they wore them down. So to your point, with this quarterback who's had a great season, to win at Ohio State, they ran the ball 51 times. You know what's interesting, though? And this is an indictment you could say on Ohio State. Uh, Connor Cook didn't play in that game. So what the hell else are they going to do, right? And and they were able to beat Ohio State doing that. I started to say I, I, I don't want to disagree with what you said against Ohio State and Michigan. But, two, to me, of all the games on the schedule – the most telling stat of all the games on the schedule, which is where I do think they've run out of their luck, 
their their luck was to beat an Ohio State team with their backup quarterback and still win at Ohio State seventeen to fourteen. Yeah, I'm sorry, that's very telling. Okay, and so I has I have to you know strongly disagree with your projection or your prediction. Um, this game uh, is pseudo 2010. Um, this is this, this is going the, the 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 players in this game were not there on either team from 2010. Okay, so it was not in their memory, um, and I'm sure Michigan State is telling all their players about this coming into it. But you can tell them all you want to tell them. Um, but this is going to be that game all over again. Um, this get this team is hungry. Um, that was a 49 to seven game. Um, I, I'm going to tell you that uh, it's going to be the same score. Um, I, I don't think we hang 50 because Coach Saban respects uh, respects Michigan State, and so he's he's going to you know <laughs> he's going to do some kneel downs. He's not going to take a chance that we break one uh, late in the game. So I guess I'll throttle this back and I'll make it 42 to seven. Um, but I, I don't think this is going to be a game, and, and I think it's going to be over by halftime. Who scores the Jouston Fowler 64-yard touchdown late in the fourth quarter to make Saban mad to get it to 49? Scarborough. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah, man, I – I I, I, I out there on the score, though, right? I mean I, – I, This is not going to be close. With all due respect to Michigan State, and, and I love the tradition of the program – this is a buzzsaw that you didn't want. And just like we wanted to play you, you did not want to play us. Uh, you would have matched up better against a team, uh, one of these other teams, in my opinion. Um, you, you got the short straw, and this is not going to be close. Yeah, I, I am completely of two minds of this game. I really am because I see the parallel to 2010. I see the parallel to the 2012 you know, against, um, uh, against Notre Dame. I see them struggle against, you know, struggle against everyone they played, really, against a lot of teams, against, Ohio, you know, Ohio State, against uh, against Iowa. I think those are teams, you know, Iowa State's a good team. I, I don't take anything away from them. But, you know, the the, the way that they beat them and, and, and all that. And, and, then, and then you see the stats and where they rank. And, you know, it's, it's not all about stats, but the stats do carry meaning. And so I'll look at all those dots. And on paper, I, I say this is a team that, that we should not, struggle against and uh but then on the other hand i say if indeed this is a florida with a quarterback then to me that says something different that says that they could potentially you know uh you know really make this a close game and so i you know but but there's a key thing of what you just said if we were playing a florida with a quarterback at the beginning of the season i'll say it this way michigan state wishes that they would have opened the season against us instead of Wisconsin. We play this team at the beginning of the season without the maturity of our freshmen. We go out against Connor Cook in the first game of the season with his ability, right? It's a different ball game. Yeah. I'm so glad you brought that up. If we play Michigan State in Dallas to start the season, it is not a 42-7 score. It is your score, not my score. But because we're playing them at the end of the season versus the beginning of the season, it's going to be my score versus yours. Interesting, interesting. Well, I, you know, as I as I tend to say at this point in the podcast, I hope you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I just, you know, I can I can literally see this playing out, and so so for me, it's it really is looking for specific keys to see which way it's going to go. Literally, I do think if we can stop their run, 
with uh, with five uh, five down linemen, then I think that opens up the game. If we can see some early sort of blanket coverage with Cyrus on Burbridge, I think that starts to tell the story. If we can come out uh, and you know gain you know five or six yards uh, on our first carry, if we can move the ball you know down down the field and you know run and pass you know, in the first quarter, then those start to be, and even if they don't result in points, even if we kind of stall out in the 20s, uh, you know, while their deal, defense still has some gas in the tank, right? Uh, but we, you know, we take a, you know, a six to three and nine to three uh, lead in, in the first quarter, that kind of thing. Those are the metrics. Those are the things that, that I look for that says, okay, this game is over early, uh, but, uh, you know, we got to possess the ball. We can't turn it over, and we've got to we've got to outscore their voodoo. And uh, and if we can do those kinds of things, then then uh, yeah, you know this this could go this could go a different way. And you know, like I said, I hope you're right. Yeah, I think we're I think we're gonna be uh, enjoying the second half, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get to see uh, we're gonna get to see some young players early. And I think uh, my prediction of Derrick Henry getting the ball fed a lot. Um, I think the score, you know, if the score plays out as I think it will, um, he's going to get shelved uh, earlier, uh, and he won't get anywhere near those thirty-five carries. Yeah, I, I hope one way or the other he does not, you know, he doesn't cross the thirty threshold. Uh, I hope I hope that's a little bit of bow early. I hope it's a lot of bow late, uh, you know, for obvious reasons. So, so there you go. Any other uh, any other thoughts or commentary leading up to uh, the semifinals? No, man, I just want to uh, get in, get out early, healthy, and uh, let's get ready for the next one. Yeah, I think it's awesome that we get to play in the stadium again, that we started the season, that we played in a couple of years ago. There's a lot of familiarity with this team. We've talked about that on a podcast, playing in these venues, uh, have some some nice overlap and carryover. I think that's awesome. And I think this team, I, I really do think this Alabama team is ready to play in a way that they uh, haven't been in the last couple of bowl seasons. And I think that's going to be fun and exciting to watch. And so – uh, so I think that uh, I do think that we're going to take care of business and then uh, we'll be booking flights out to uh, Phoenix. What do you say? Absolutely, man. I'm ready for it. Fantastic. This has been another edition of the Alabama Football Podcast powered by Bama Hammer. Roll Tide. Thanks for listening to the Alabama Football Podcast. We love that you're tuned in and hope that you enjoyed the show. We encourage you to reach out and let us know what you like, where we can improve, or just to shout out a Roll Tide. We are where you are. iTunes, Facebook, Twitter, email newsletters, T-shirts, free roster downloads, and, of course, on the web at alabamafootballpodcast.com. Check us out where you'll find easy links to your favorite way to follow the tie. Got that, Coach? Of course. Roll Tide.